I remember I was in West Virginia doing this morning talk show. I'll never forget it. And um, I'm being interviewed. And then the audience got to ask questions. And this one woman says, are you married? And I said, no, she says, do you have children? And I said, no, she says, what are you? One of them lesbians or something? <gasps> and oh I just God. smiled. And I my said, lesbian friends have kids. What's right? <laughs> well, but you've got to remember, I mean, this was like, you know, 30 right. years ago. Right. <laughs> but I will never forget that. I laughed because I, I thought, oh, my God, talk about the status. Here I am. I've written a book. I'm a plus size model. I live in New York. I'm doing all of these great, fun, interesting things in my life but I'm not okay because I'm not married and I don't have children. So there is something in her mind wrong with me. Isn't that, um, talk about instinct. Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, where driven women in business learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident. Feel empowered and challenged through inspiring stories and tell it like it is advice for business, life, and leadership. Welcome or welcome back to the Bombshell Business Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Hurdle, and I'm literally trying to keep my laughter from coming out right now. I know if you're not watching on YouTube, you can't really see it, but I have that Cheshire cat grin on my face because I'm so freaking excited to have this conversation with my friend today. So let me give you a little bit of a heads up of what where we're going so in this episode, my guest is going to share how to get the best from your sphere of influence. She believes that everything is about being helpful and the more help you offer, the more money you make. So let me tell you about my dear, sweet, amazing friend, Carolyn Strauss, who makes my heart so happy. Carolyn is a former CEO of a multi-million dollar apparel company, one of the top professional female MCs in the world and sought after professional speaker, having earned her CSP, which is her certified speaking professional designation. Um, you've heard me speak about that before. It's really hard to get. She is the author of five books, the co-host of the podcast, Another Day Above Ground, which is hysterical and is a member of the Screen Actors Guild. Carolyn believes that a good day contains chocolate. That's obviously why we're friends. Welcome <laughs> to the show, my beautiful friend, Carolyn. Thank you, you gorgeous bombshell you. How are you? Oh, I'm good now that I'm, I'm this, it's like the end of the day and I've got you and I've been looking forward to it all day long. So um, I think we're about to have a pretty fantastic 30 minute conversation. Well, yeah. I mean, look, so my biggest issue is wasting anybody's time and attention. Right. right. Time and attention are our most valuable assets. And if somebody is choosing to listen to us, and by the way, I listen to podcasts, even mine at 1.3 or 1.5 <laughs> speed. So if I sound like this, it's okay. It's really okay. You can just listen to me really fast. I could talk really fast too. Um, so, <laughs> well, we're both fast talkers anyway. So then that's kind of like really a 2.0 speed. <laughs> yes. Yes. We can get a lot in, in 30 minutes, but yeah, but thank you. Thank you everybody for listening. Amber, thanks for having me on. Hey, this is so fun. Any, anytime time spent with Amber is time. So precious. I really, oh. I really feel that way about you. Back at you. Back at Thanks. you. So let's talk about this little help thing. And, um, I definitely am aligned with you on that. So I, I believe exactly what you said, but I want you to personally explain what you mean by the more help you offer, the more money you make. 
So let's look at sales. Okay, so I speak on sales a lot. In fact, I was just at the Advertising Specialties Institute, which is the top promotional products um, conference in in the world. And I spoke there. I did two sessions on sales. And I started out by asking, how are you an offer of help? It's actually the question that you want to ask yourself. Now, I understand that most of the people who listen to your podcast, I'm going to guess, are women, right? Mm -hmm. We, We talked about that. I do not want you to be an offer of help at the cost of your own well-being. I need you to listen to me. Do not help someone if your tank is not full. If you do not have the capacity to be okay when you're done, stop. Pull back. Say, you know what? We'll get together later or we'll talk about this next time. I'm not going to give you this offer of help right now. Right? And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but... I, I can't, you cannot give what you do not have. That's right. So, so as women, we tend to um, sacrifice. Stop it. Oh my God. Have you seen the Bob Newhart sa- uh, stop it video? Oh my gosh. Okay. The first thing this is, if there's, if you get anything else from this, if you get anything else from this podcast, go to YouTube, type in Bob Newhart, stop it. I won't work with anybody who hasn't watched that. (laughs) Not all of my clients watch it. Okay. It's the best, best six minutes you will ever spend. Okay. That's first. Second, Now, if you are, if you do have the capacity to do what you do and help the people that you want to help, ask yourself, how am I an offer of help? Not how am I selling something? So as Amber mentioned, I had the third largest clothing company on the Home Shopping Network for 18 years. It was the Carolyn Strauss Collection. We renamed it CSC Studio in 2008. I started it in 1997. In 2008, during the, before the world collapsed, I decided that I wanted to step back from it for a little while. We changed the name to CSC, get it? Carolyn Strauss Collection. Uh, we changed the name. Then the world collapsed. My 401k completely disappeared. And I realized I had to go back to work. So I went back to work <laughs> on my own collection, which is a whole different podcast. But we, we made, we did not sell pull-on polyester clothing. Okay. That's really what it was. It was pull-on polyester spandex or, um, you know, clothing. But what we did is we made easy wear, easy care clothing for busy women so that after they got dressed, they didn't have to think about themselves for the rest of the day. Mm. That was what we did. So we were an offer of help by taking the constant conversation that women always have in our heads. Do I look okay? Do my clothes feel okay? Is everything buttoned up and tied up and you know showing the right amount of whatever it is that I want to show? And that's your choice completely. But I took that off the table for women. And that was how I was an offer of help. Mm. So when you're thinking about what you sell, even if it's, I don't know, give me, give me an example of something that one of your clients sells, Amber. Oh gosh, there's so much. Um, so I, okay. So let's say, um, I have a vacation rental industry, um, manager, a vacation rental manager, short-term rental manager, and he or she owns or, or manages a lot of different properties. So, um, what they want to do is acquire more properties into their portfolio so they can then sell room nights to travelers and guests. So how can they be an offer of help to a homeowner who might be either self-managing their property or they're with a larger company that doesn't really give them like the kind of experience that they want? Where would we go there? 
So I would clearly look at how are you an offer of help, like you said, to the homeowner. So if you're going to take on their property, how are you a different offer of help? Meaning you will make sure the property is clean, right? Even though other people do it, you do it in a way that you prove it. How do you prove it? You take pictures before and after. You Mm -hmm. send a video before and after. You make sure that the lock boxes are changed every time so that somebody can't get back into the property, right? You're an offer of help where you take any worry they might have. And what you say to them is say, look, we're only here to help. What worries, what concerns do you have before you come work with us? What concerns do you have that we can help you with? And continue to use the word help because it's not sales. That's it's right. help. And then turn around and look at it. How are you a, an offer of help to a traveler? Well, hotels are ridiculous right now. <laughs> They're just stupid. You and I've both been traveling. Uh-huh. Hotels are ridiculously expensive. Cars are ridiculously expensive. How are you an offer of help where you can say to somebody, look, instead of staying at the ABC normal hotel that you stay at, we can help you by putting you in a bed that's comfortable with your own private bathroom where you won't hear kids running up and down the hall, or we will keep your family, give your family a place to stay that will be even better than your house at home because it's got all of these additional amenities. Mm -hmm. So it really is, it's just, it might sound simple, but it's really just a different way of looking at your business. Well, and most women in general, and of course, a lot of my listeners are pretty powerful, strong women. So maybe not as much as this group, but I still see it of where sales feels icky because, yes. you know, that you see those like hashtag boom bro guys out there who are like schmarmy and everything is a fake um, sense of urgency. And, and I'm not saying all men because I've got you and I share so many amazing men who are just like ethical and amazing and, and could, we could take advice from, but there's this a subsection. And I think that's the subsection that's on the internet that people are go like, Ooh, sales is gross. It's like the old used car salesman kind of persona done online now. But wait, there's more. But- buy right- I was on the home shopping network. But yeah. wait, there's more. You can get a set of Ginsu carving knives with this. If you order right now for the first, for the first 100 people, get that's a set right. of Ginsu carving knives. Seriously, did anybody ever try those? Did those ever work? I have no idea. Anyway, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a Jay Hankel person myself. Me too. In my kitchen right now. I swear. Okay. Does that surprise me? Of course. So, so I, um, you know, the one thing, like when I walk people through putting their brand guide together, there's one page of it. And we start with the problem solved. We don't start with what features do you have or what benefits do you have? It's always like, what problem are you solving for your customer? And so just changing that language for you is how are you helping the customer? And then we can look at, okay, well, then what's the benefit if they get that problem solved? And then we can look at what feature do we offer that gives them the benefit that solves their problem? You have to do it backwards. You have to go backwards. It is true. And it is, and it is. So as women, we tend to want to help as the feminine gender. We, we are designed to support and help. Right. So what, what we naturally want to do is support the people around us again, not at the cost of ourselves. It's funny. I used, I did a, a whole 
program for paraeducators for the school system, you know, for people who work with the teachers, who work with the kids in the class, who need the extra help. And I did that yeah. several years ago. And I did a whole exercise on the difference between sympathy, empathy, and compassion. Oh, that's so good. Sympathy, I believe, is when you are sympathetic with that person. So you feel right. You In sympathy, you are actually putting yourself in a place a little bit psychologically above someone else. So you feel badly for them. That's mm -hmm. what sympathy, I believe, is. OK, then there's empathy, which is the M, which means with. So with someone else, you've got the, um, you know, I'm feeling with you, meaning mm -hmm. that it's going to cost me. Compassion, compassion with passion, with emotion. I can stand here, hold my space and allow you to have whatever situation is going on for you. Mm -hmm. I can hold the space, but not take it on. Mm -hmm. So as women, I want to invite us to not take on other people's stuff. Don't right. take it on, hold the space for them to have it. Right. Yeah. So in sales, hold your space, hold what you offer, hold the offer of help that you are, that you know that you are, and be better at it than your competition, right? right? Be better at it. Know or, be, what, or, or be different. Or, or be different. Right. Do it you differently. Have, that's right. You don't have to be better. Look, I am not the best keynote speaker. I'm one of the best MCs, but I'm not the best because I'm different. Nobody can do it the way I do it. Like, like you, Amber, nobody can do what you do the way you do it. And by the way, I've experienced Amber's branding work. If you haven't just do it. <laughs> okay. The offer of help that she is, is, is genius. You know, and I, I guess that's where you know, younger Amber would have been like, oh, well, what's wrong with me? Why don't they pick me? Like, you know, that kind of thing. But now I think once you get into a space where you realize that you do offer value and you yes. are helping somebody, it's like, if you don't want my help, then go get it wherever you need it from. But like I there's I said I said this before we were talking about something personal. I'm like, there are billions of people in the world. I just have to find my few billions of people. So there's you a just, whole world. You just said something you said, as long as you're an offer of value, do you know that um how I define value, something's only valuable if it's useful and it's scarce. Mm. Something's only valuable if it's useful and it's scarce. So I'm going to assume that all of our listeners are value are, are useful, right? <laughs> but what is it about you that's scarce? It's your ability to help. It's your time. your time. So if somebody doesn't take you up on your offer of help with your time, amen. Bye-bye. Thanks for playing here. You know, your new name is next, right? It's like with men, your new name is next. <laughs> <laughs> is that Ariana Grande? <laughs> <laughs> what if you don't want next? What if you're just, did you know? So, um, we have a lot in common, but statistically, I learned this um, not too long ago. Statistically, single women are among the happiest humans on the planet. Duh. <laughs> not to be, listen, I was happily married. Obviously, my whole audience knows yep. what happened and everything, but I'm no longer married. And I was just like, I'm kind of good. Like, I don't know what this whole grill thing is. Like, why is that? So why do men like have these grill wars? It's not that hard. I'm like the queen of extermination. I run 
10.66 acres here. I'm like, I don't get what's so hard about all this. What was I like poor damsel in distressing for so many freaking years? Anyways, because we're um, programmed, we, we literally are. I mean, our brains are programmed to mate and procreate. We are we are programmed to do that. And OK, so f- we also are status animals. Human females are status animals. Here is the highest status. This is just an instinct, not in not in our human being, not in our human spirit, but as human animals, human human female status goes happily married with children is the highest status instinctually we can be. Second, happily married without children. Third, widowed with children. Oh my God. Fourth, business owner, someone who's self-sufficient. Fifth, divorced with children. Sixth, employee and not having your own space and your own. So this is horrifying. I know. And I apologize, Amber. And I, I had no idea we were going to talk about no this, apologies. But, I would... but it but isn't that interesting? So the highest status you can be is happily married with children as human animal, right? As the human animal female. So you ask why people want to get married and have children or or when we're not anymore, if we've chosen to do that and we're not anymore, why it's so devastating. Yeah, everybody's like, you're so weird. You're, you've never been married. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People think, oh, oh, my God. OK, so I have to tell you a really funny story. When I was 25, so I was mo- I was a plus size model when I was 25 years old. My first book came out. It was a book called Specialty Modeling. The original title was um, every, uh, everything you need to know to make a living as a model if you're not perfect. <laughs> because it was it was for petite plus size hand shoe and character models. So that's the book that I wrote before I was 25. But when I was 25, I was doing the whole talk show circuit all over the East Coast. And I remember I was in West Virginia doing this morning talk show. I'll never forget it. And um, I'm it being interviewed. And then the audience got to ask questions. And this one woman says, are you married? And I said, no, she says, do you have children? And I said, no. She says, what are you? One of them lesbians or something? <gasps> and oh I just God. smiled. And I my said, lesbian friends have kids. What's right? <laughs> well, but you've got to remember, I mean, this was like, you know, 30 right. years ago. Right. <laughs> but I will never forget that. I laughed because I, I thought, oh, my God, talk about the status. Here I am. I've written a book. I'm a plus size model. I live in New York. I'm doing all of these great, fun, interesting things in my life but I'm not okay because I'm not married and I don't have children. So there is something in her mind wrong with me. Isn't that um, talk about instinct? So if you'll bear with me, I want to read something out of my book. Um, the, the bombshell businesswoman How to become a bold, brave female entrepreneur. So the there's two sections. So we all know paper plate mom. Um, and, and I talk about like what that married with kids mom goes through and when she's left to overthink and everything. And then I switched to a bombshell who is a single woman. On the other hand is forever annoyed that instead of being asked about her business or countless successes, she is most often asked if she is quote, seeing someone or ever going to settle down or if she plans to have children. The thing is she's more focused on creating the best, most independent version of herself. So that if she does in fact, want to one day enter a committed relationship, she knows she's a whole person uniting with a partner who will complement, not complicate her life. She travels and eats well. She creates her own agenda and priorities and can't for the life of her figure out why everyone around her is so obsessed with weddings and babies. 
Okay, I have to I have a wedding dress story for you. You will laugh ever. <laughs> so when I was 17 years old, so I lived in Boston, I grew up in Boston and I was a you know, senior in high school and I never skipped school. I was one of those really good students and, you know, a student. And but it was I was 17 and it was spring of my senior year. And my mom never did this. And she said, let's go into Boston and spend a day on Newbury Street and go shopping. Nice. So mom and I are walking down Newbury Street and we come to the window of Priscilla's of Boston. Now, Priscilla's is like the highest and most beautiful wedding dresses you could ever see, right? They're, they're stunning. And they were even back in the day. So I walk up to the window and my mother's like, isn't that dress gorgeous? And I look at her at the time, it was something like $11,000. And I look at her, I look at the dress and I look at my mom and I said, ma, ma, cause I'm from Boston. Ma, <laughs> why would someone spend $11,000 on a dress? She's going to wear what three, four, maybe five times in her life. <laughs> I was 17, Amber. I was 17. I knew who I was at 17. I'm dying. True story. Cross my heart. Well, and to that end, and I know we're getting a little off, but listen, we're, we're about to take a turn because we need to have a conversation based on some of the experiences we've had. But, you know, when I met my former husband, um, and you know, I literally just talked to him today. So there's no big drama there or anything. But um, when I met him, I was nowhere in the market for husband, nowhere on the market. I was like doing my thing. I had a celebrity event planning company. I was living my best life in Nashville and I happened to meet him and we got married. We were together for 13 years and then we got a divorce. And I feel like everybody was like, Oh, is she going to recover from this? I'm like, do y'all know I had a baby when I was a baby? Like, do you not know that I worked how many jobs and I didn't sleep two nights out of every week for like nine months? Do you not know that I have slept in a tent? Like, are you thinking that a divorce that I wasn't even looking for the marriage to begin with is going to take me out? Like I'm a whole person. I'm just good by myself. And I have like amazing friends like you. Like, I think just it's, I think a lot of our listeners are are like us, Carolyn. I think so too. And I think the most important thing though is do choose carefully who you choose to surround yourself mm. with. Surround yourself with people who support you and love you and appreciate what you bring to the table. Because we right. all bring something different to the That's table. Right. I apparently bring a little too much to the table, Amber. <laughs> oh, Honey. <laughs> and so there you go. So let's talk I, about that because oh, do we have to? Okay, we, we can. do because I, so, so yeah. that if you're too much, go find less. That's something I say a lot on social media because yep. it resonates with our audience. But how many in our friend group as speakers have been told you're too much? You and I a little more than others, but <laughs> yes, I, yeah, I was told it today. I swear before I came to meet you today and I really hope they don't listen to this, but they might. A client of mine who I did a three-day MC gig for, and I was on stage for them starting, you know, sound check at seven in the morning. And I was on stage for them starting at eight in the morning. And I was on stage until six at night, one night till nine at night at the party. And I mean, all of this, and I kept the energy up for the whole conference and supported them through the whole thing and set up their speakers to win and set up their sessions to be brilliant. I mean, that's what I do. And I had lunch with them today and they were, they asked me to hold next year. And I said, great. And they said, but by the way, um, you, you do know that you're a lot. You're a right? lot. I said, what? They're like, you know, you come on really strong. I'm like, isn't that why you hired me? Yeah, but our group might be a little bit more 
conservative and want to keep people status quo. And I said, huh, okay, I hear you. Can you give me a specific example where I was too much? Because I'm just being me. I'm just out there being me. It's being the offer of help that I am to support their three-day event in being something that's memorable, that people are dying to come back to next year where the energy stayed up. Have you been to a three-day event that does not have a good MC? Yes. No, don't. Don't do it. It's just it's just bad to not have a great MC at your event because we've all been to them. We've all spoken at them, Amber. Uh, and to be to have a bad introduction and then to have nobody to keep the energy up when you leave the stage. It's just painful. So I was just being me, but apparently being me is a little too much. If you're too much, go find less. But here's the thing. So you're to your point, like the energy is so important. That's why I like the opening keynote slot. I'm like, I will get your energy up. I will get it up. It will set the tone for the conference. Please don't put me on in after everybody else has drug it down in some lame, you know, whatever. And I'm not speaking of other speakers, but sometimes they'll try to put people in there to be nice or a vendor that paid for something or whatever. And although I will say I had a vendor at this last um, at a conference at the end of last year who closed oh my God, I'm like, you should be a professional speaker. What are you doing? But anyways, sometimes, and we've all seen it. We've all done it. It's like drone on and on. And then the energy's down. I don't have to pull it back up. But so behind the scenes, this is what people don't understand. And like, God bless you for being an MC. I've done it, but that's like, that is hard work. So, but I, and I love it, right? It's so my wheelhouse. It is your wheelhouse. It's my wheelhouse. It's like a project manager, a cat herder, an entertainer, a speaker, a comedian, a showrunner. Like there's so much going on. And if you're not chop chopping, if you're not like aggressive about keeping things moving forward, then you're off track and the whole conference suffers. So I don't quite understand how you could be too much when you're you. Right. Like that's who you're supposed. That's who they hire. That's who you're supposed to be. Yeah, that's what I think, too. And they are holding me for next year. So, yay. Right. So I must have done <laughs> Wasn't that bad. Right. But, but here, but I was on my way back from this meeting and I was thinking about it. And I was thinking about your listeners and people who have either worked with you or just love you as they should. Um, and it's how much are we willing to pull back? Like back to the dating thing. Am I going to sit there and be quiet? Yes, I'll sit there and be quiet on a date because I want him to show me who he is. Right. Right. So I do love dating because I find people the entertainment. So and so when I get to go on a date, I get to. I see Carol and the cat like toying the little ball. <laughs> Pawing at the little ball. More of a golden retriever who's upstairs and I'm going, pet me, pet me, feed me, feed me, play with me. Play with me. I'm, I'm more of a golden retriever than a cat, but okay. Um, but but like, so so I'll, I will be quiet, of course, and pull my energy back. And we all of women have learned how to do that, but I refuse to live that way. Yeah. I refuse to work that way. If you're hiring me as a speaker or as a consultant for your company, and I'm going to go in and do some team building with your company, I'm going to say it right to you, what I exactly see happening and please push back. But mm-hmm. these, these organizations that I tell them what I see, you know, having done all of my research and all my work and conversations with the, you know, the, the leadership and everything. And then I go in and then 
they they just don't push back. And I'm like, the whole point is to push back because you mm-hmm. can't you can't get anywhere if there's no tension. If the rubber isn't meeting the road, the car's not going anywhere. But so here's the thing about you and me and a lot of my listeners is we approach conflict as creative conflict. When we Although I hate it. It makes me want to throw up though. I hate conflict. But even just like when you say push back, technically that's conflict. So somebody's going to push back on you. Like you're going to aggressively give your expert opinion because that's why they hired you. And if they knew what they were doing or they could do it on their own, they wouldn't have had to hire you back to the whole concept of offering your help. So you're coming in as an expert, but they are the expert on their event, their company, whatever. And so those two things have to come together. Your expertise on the topic at hand, their expertise on the historical data or whatever that is. And if you don't have what might feel like conflict some Sometimes, then you don't get the best result. You just get what everybody settles for to avoid conflict. And so then you put in the fact that we're women. And like, if you've ever heard men do business, O-M-G, savage, right? Yes. And then, and then we come in and we are like 50% of that energy. And it's like, she's a B. Mm -hmm. She's, She's too much. She's a B. Yep. But I mean, I'm very sheltered because I just don't do business with people who can't handle me. I like, you know, I I don't put Tony the Tiger on the front of the cereal box. I put the ingredients and and all of the um, the health information. And I'm like, this is what you're buying. Just making sure, you know, Tony Tiger's back there, too. It's going to be fun. But you need to understand this is it. And I'm going to tell you that you have spinach in your teeth because I am the velvet machete. So I'm going to do it because I love you. But I'm not going to sit here and watch your train wreck happen and get paid to not avoid the train wreck. Like, that's not going to happen on my watch. Yeah. Yeah. And and as as, yeah, well, we are. And but as women, the most important thing to be is is crystal clear who we are, what we offer and how we work. So I'm sure you've heard this phrase, Amber, from other guests of yours. But it's a phrase that I got years ago. I first heard it from Scott Friedman, who was the president of the National Speakers Association many, many years ago. And he's a friend of mine. And he has a phrase that says, let me tell you how I work. Mm. And that phrase is the most powerful phrase I can find in my business, because when somebody says, well, we want to do this and this and this, and it's not within my scope or what I do or how I'm happy to to play, I will say, well, let me tell you how I work. I work this way and you can you can engage with me this way and we can do this kind of a contract or this kind of a contract. and We can do this and this. this." And if they say, "Well, well, we don't do it that way, I'll say, well, maybe this isn't a fit. And it's and and that's okay. And that's great. Please. Rejection is God's protection. Please (laughs) go. (laughs) And then, but in fairness, like, and and we talk about this, I've talked in the book, you know, it's like you do not want to collect clients that you don't really align with. There's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with um, the guy you just broke up with or the gal you just broke up with. There's nothing wrong with you. I mean, there might be, but let's just assume there's not because we're all normal human beings. What happens is there's just a misalignment. And so if you engage professionally, I don't care if you own a retail store and you have somebody who routinely shops there that just wears your team out. She always brings stuff back. There's always returns. She's always got a problem. She's always complaining. She's always looking for a discount. Like if that's the person that you're like actively trying to like make happy, then guess who she's going to tell about your boutique 
all of her friends. Well, who do you think her friends are? People just like her. Do you really want to build your business on referrals of people you don't really want to work with? Absolutely not. Is that who you want to help? That's right. That's right. So be an offer of help, but don't do it. Like I said at the beginning, be an offer of help, but don't do it where it costs you. If it's someone who's very high cost to do business with, don't do business with them. Yeah. Really, it's really free up your time and space. So one of my favorite phrases goes, the space for what I want in my life is already being filled with what I'm willing to settle for. Oh, say that one more time. The space for what you want in your life is already being filled with what you're willing to settle for. Never settle is one of my life's mottos. But the space for what you want is already being filled. There are only 24 hours a day. There is only so much energy capacity. There is almost so much, only so much business capacity. And if you're at business capacity, then hire people who complement what you do, but do not hire another you because you do not need that. You have you. You need people to complement you. So if you're at capacity, find people who complement you and can work with the clients that are right for them to work with through you. Right. And I think what I love about our little world is we all are very clear on what we do and what we don't do. And I don't think anyone, at least in our little group that, you know, I'm talking about is we don't, we we don't, we're not a tick pick me kind of group. We're not the like, Oh, I can do that. And I can do that. And I can do this and I can do that. It's like, this is what I do. Um, I'll stretch for existing clients, maybe if they need something and, and I can stretch and that's not a huge stress on my team, but like, I'm not promoting myself as anything other than branding. If you need a personal brand an employer brand or a business brand, I'm your girl leadership falls in there. Um, all, all the psychoanalytics falls in there. There's things that fall under that umbrella marketing. But if you want me to talk about, um, innovation or, um, like crystal Washington is a futurist. Like, I'm not gonna be like, Oh yeah, let me figure out how to put together crystals, 20 years of experience in education. (laughs) No, I'm going to be like, call crystal Washington. Right. Right. I actually got a call from someone. This was several years ago and said, Carolyn, can you do a program on business ethics? And I said, no, (laughs) <laughs> they said, well, what do you mean? No, you ran a very successful multi-million dollar company. You speak to businesses, you consult with businesses, you help them with their sales, you help them with their execution, you help them with their team building. What do you mean you won't talk about execution? I said, I mean, um, uh, on uh, ethics. And I said, I, I am not, I said, I know two people who are incredible, Bruce Weinstein being one of them. Mm-hmm. I know incredible ethics speakers. I will send you them. They're like, but we'll pay your full fee. I said, how ethical would it be for me to say yes? <laughs> I mean, it was hilarious. <laughs> I don't think that would be so ethical. <laughs> it's like it's like when women's groups want to. Um, now we're on. Now you're getting behind the scenes. Yeah. We just need some cocktails. We need to go back to Vegas. <laughs> yes, As, immediately. Immediately. <laughs> um, I'm still trying to figure out if I'm going to LA or not. Um, so I am. I know. I am. I know. I'm going, and I'm going to Vegas next May. So you must be there. Okay. That, that part I for sure am. Okay, good. Um, so the, the thing that tickles me when women's groups come to me and they don't want to pay me what my fee is. And I'm saying women's groups specifically because it's literally women's groups, notoriously women's, not anyone else. And so, so I just have to ask, I'm like, so just to be clear, 
you want me to come in to teach your audience members how to define and position their value, but you don't want to pay me mine to do it. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> My favorite story is I got a call from a woman's group and, and said, Oh, Carolyn, we want you to keynote our conference. You know, it's here in Colorado. I said, I said, great. I said, well, what's your budget? She said, well, you know, we don't pay our speakers. And I said, that is so nice. And she said, what? And I said, so you're doing this conference for women to come for free. So you're getting the venue donated and you're not paying for bagels and you're not paying for coffee and you're not paying for lunch. So nobody is getting paid and you're you're allowing people to come to this event absolutely free. I love that. She said, what? And I said, you're doing a free event for everybody. And she said, no. And I said, I said, you're charging people to come to this event. You're charging women to come to this event. She said, yeah. I said, now I don't understand. And she <laughs> said, well, where? and I made her explain. And I finally said, no, I don't understand. So you're going to pay for coffee and you're going to pay for bagels. Exactly what you said. But you don't want to pay for the thing that's actually going to make a difference for these women. You know what? I don't think you're the kind get of coffee women. at home. Yeah. I don't think you're the kind of women that that I should be working with. And backed out. Just nope. Thanks for playing, but nope. And and I get it. Like I get that there are there are you want to do an event and you're looking for the uh, for the um it's like this is why I say to people who are getting married, because I used to be an event planner and I only did weddings when it wasn't tour season because most of my customers were in the country music industry. And or I did it when it was tour season because they were playing and not in Nashville having events. So um, I told them all the time, no one's going to remember your rubber chicken. No one's going to remember the tchotchke that they go home with. Put the money where the photography is going to pick it up and put the most money into your photographer. Do nice. not cheap out on your photographer because this is one day but it's like probably the biggest event you're ever going to invest in and plan. And you're going to want this for the rest of your life. And you're going to look at these memories for the rest of your life. And you're more worried about the ice cream bar than you are about getting a quality photographer who's going to help you remember the ice cream bar 20 years from now. And it's the same thing about events. Like, that's cool. If you, if you just want to have free speakers and people in your association volunteer, like rock, rock on rock on. But if you want somebody who commits their life and their career to becoming an engaging speaker who helps people learn, who entertains, who makes things sticky, who makes them think, who when they walk out the door, they're going to do something differently than they did when they walked in. Maybe don't maybe don't save those bigger main stage spots for Tom, Dick or Harry who are not trained speakers. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's so funny. So let me, you, you said weddings and I went back to this thought I was doing, I was um, interviewed on a show a couple of years ago and the guy at the end, he said, I'm going to ask you those really with those really challenging questions. And I have a really challenging question for you. And I said, okay, what? And he said, okay, if you could meet your 20 year old self, what advice would you give her? And I, I thought about it for about a split second. And I said, I'd tell her to get married because alimony is easier than what you're doing now. <laughs> and I just had to throw that out. I'm dead. 
dead. Yeah. I'm dead. I'm dead. So I would just say this whole episode is about value. It really is. It's about how do you position yourself as a helper? It's about honoring your value. It's about valuing your too muchness. It's about understanding where you fit in. It's about not letting people take advantage of you. It's about not letting other people define your value and tell you, you, I need a discount. Listen, I don't go to Burger King and be like, I'd like a Whopper, but can I get it for 50% off because I want to go buy this up the street from McDonald's? No, it's, it is what it is. It's a price. And, um, and Can I so, tell you one more thing that I learned that absolutely. I learned following up on, on this. And I learned this recently. Your future is created by the conversations that are having about you when you're not in the room. Amen. And I just recently learned that, which is something I mean, I always knew it instinctively, but I ju- it's just become present because I just got a, a LinkedIn message from somebody that I knew years ago, who's an amazing human an amazing li- business leader. And he said, Carolyn, I was just thinking about you because we were having a conversation about you in Pennsylvania. I live in Colorado in Pennsylvania the other day. And I thought, wait a minute, there's a conversation happening about me in Pennsylvania with people I have not worked with in years that what what offer of help are you that people will remember it later? And when they need help that you can provide, they're thinking about you. That's an interesting, I think, new way to look at at sales and at at women. And, and the long-term value of that, because it doesn't go away. It, it, it doesn't, I mean, to your point, like it's been how many years, it's been years, but you were helpful and now they have a new need where they identify you're the help person for it. And so that it's part of your personal brand. It's, it all comes back to your personal brand. And what are you doing? What, how are you being of service? How are you being helpful? And, and it is, you know, scientifically proven that those who understand how they can serve other people and they actively serve other people are the human beings who experience joy, true joy. Without it costing you your soul, Amen. your energy and your life. So people talk about service and help all the time, not at the expense of yourself. Please, mm-hmm. if you take anything away from this episode, take care, put your oxygen mask on first to be very cliche, but do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Take care of yourself, do what fills you up, and then you can support other people. Cause you'll have more to pour from. And, you know, yeah. and I have to say this and, you know, let me just bombshells. I know we've kind of, it might feel like we've gone all over the place, but I, I very early in this episode decided, you know, I'm just going to allow the audience, you bombshell to just be a fly on the wall of a conversation between girlfriends so that you can feel normal so that you can be like, yup, me too. And if we could pull you into this zoom right now and have you give your experiences and that sort of thing, like I assure you the two of us would love it, (laughs) but that's just not an option at the moment. So, so I just think that it's helpful for you to hear two people just kind of laugh and joke about these things, but also take it seriously. And, and I do think, you know, um, getting off the hamster wheel is such an important part of maturing and not being the people pleaser. And some personalities are wired to, to, um, need external validation more than others. So I don't want to take that away that it's a learned behavior and it's really, you know, doing the reps to, 
to be able to not worry about what other people think and to just do you. And when you just do you and you're, and you are offering that value and you're being of help without self-sacrifice, I don't, let me take that phrase back. Sometimes we do need to self-sacrifice. Sometimes self-betrayal on the other hand is what's dangerous. Yes. Betraying who I am, betraying what I need, betraying what's real for me in order to accommodate your truth, your need, whatever's going on in your life that you don't really care about what's going on in mine. In relationship, both if they're both self-sacrificing at times and they're both taking at times, that's a two-way street. But Carolyn, in the past two years, let me just tell you, I have a new, I have lots of mantras. (laughs) <laughs> but one of the newer ones is it's a two-way street or, or bust. I won't do yep. it. Yep. And it's, it's not 50, 50, it's a hundred, a hundred. That's right. And you bring a hundred percent of what you have to offer at this point, And I'll bring a hundred percent of what I have to offer. And that's how I work with my clients. And that's how I work with my friends. And that's, that's right. how I work in my relationships. And it's bring everything you have that you can possibly share at the moment. Yeah. Right. Where here is right now. And that That's shifts right. and evolves too. And, and hey, sometimes you, you've we have done more hot yoga, right? I do hot yoga. I expect my body to do the same thing on Wednesday that it did on Monday. And I walk into hot yoga and I can't stand on one foot. I literally can't balance on Wednesday where on Monday I was, you know, in like these poses where it was perfectly easy. So you do what you can with what you have at the moment. That's right. I love that. I think that's a good place to uh, start wrapping things up. So before I tell everyone all the fabulous ways they can reach out to you and, um, and follow you online and listen and all that kind of stuff, I always like to ask, and it doesn't have to do anything with what we're talking about, although we've talked about a lot, so it could be, um, what is one piece of parting advice that you would like to give to a bombshell who is a bold, brave unwaveringly confident female professional or an aspiring bombshell. The reason you can't see your own butt is because you're not supposed to focus (laughs) on bringing the best of yourself and don't worry about the size of your butt. (laughs) You're the only person in your life that will never see your own butt. Yeah. That's yeah. (laughs) Worry about it. That's why you're not supposed to see it because we're not supposed to worry about it. That's right. It's, it's, it's only, it's only important to the Kardashians. So let it go. Unless you're getting paid for it and then, you know, worry about it and, you know, get it waxed and tanned and all of that stuff that they do. <laughs> Y'all, I'm pretty sure that is the best advice, the party advice we've had to date in, in over six years now. So. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about, um, let's pull up because uh, now I'm all, I'm all a Twitter. Um, okay. So you, first of all, um, another day above ground is a great podcast. It's really, um, you do a lot of interviews with boomers, baby boomers, and, yeah. um, and it's super funny. And our other mutual friend is co-host and, um, you can find Carolyn on YouTube, on Facebook and on LinkedIn. So all of those will be in the show notes, but it's really easy. It's just Carolyn Strauss across the board, S T R A U S S. Um, another day above ground.com is the, um, the link that you can go to for the podcast. You can email her at Carolyn at Carolyn Strauss.com. And, um, and like, I just need you to know if you need an MC for your event and you're willing to pay for it, um, (laughs) 
Because <laughs> there's you. a lot that don't, you know, and I get it. Those nonprofit events or whatever, they might have somebody in that's a local newscaster or whatever yeah. do it for volunteers. But if you have a serious need as an MC, I can tell you that she is so organized and she knows how to do the um, hybrid craziness and all the stuff that makes me want to just melt my brain. She's your girl. So make sure you give her a call or uh, email. Carolyn, thank you for being my friend. And thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for thank you for trusting me with your audience, Amber, because I know how special they are because they're connected to you. Yeah. Thank you for getting it. All right, Bombshell. Um, I hope you got a lot out of this episode. I certainly had a good time. <laughs> Make sure that you leave a rating and honest review. Um, that really helps the show grow. We've been around for over six years. That is truly, we haven't done a lot of advertising. So it's you sharing and liking and validating. So when other bombshells go and they look at the reviews, they're like, oh, this might be worth my time. And then they get to hear amazing people like Carolyn. And if you're watching on YouTube, just hit the like button, subscribe, do all that good stuff. And then we will be able to help more bombshells. It's super easy ways for you to pay that forward. Um, we will definitely be um, announcing some pretty fun things coming up. So stay tuned for that. And other than that, I will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Bombshell Business Podcast. Visit amberhurdle.com for more resources like show notes and check out thebombshellbusinesswoman.com to grab my book and download the free bonuses.